Hello to all of my friends at Survivor.com. It's me, Mario. <laughs> you guys, number one. Hey guys, it's Lenny Thomas here coming to you from Survivor, and we've got a very exciting edition of the Friendly Fire Show for you today. I was lucky enough to sit down and chat with Twitch streamer Haughty Chicken and discuss her role on the platform, as well as looking at female representation in the gaming space, as well as older people getting into games and why we should be encouraging more of that in today's day and age. Stay tuned and enjoy. Well, Haughty Chicken, thanks so much for taking the time to speak with me today. Really looking forward to chatting about all things video games, but particularly women in video games, a topic I'm really passionate about. So just to get started, do you mind just telling me a bit about yourself and how you got into video games? Yeah, sure. Um, It goes a long way back. I actually got interested when I was a teenager. So um, on my bio, I often say that I've been, you know, playing video games for around 40 odd years. And that's true. Like the original game of Pong, which was like a TV tennis game, was my first experience with gaming. And then there were the arcade games like Centipede and things like that. And then the original Atari games. And then I was very fortunate. My parents got a, a home PC when they first came out. So I was exposed to games from very, very young. I was quite an introverted person. And so they were a really great form of entertainment for me. And so I've always had them. And then my children have them. And my mother is a gamer as well. So it's always been since I was a, a young teenager, actually. I've always played video games. Always. I love that. Yeah, it sounds like a family of gamers. I know in my own experience, I got into video games through my older brother, you know, things like Mm -hmm, when he would mm -hmm. go off, I would sneak the chance to play on his PlayStation 1. So I definitely resonate with the gaming family. And of course, now you're on Twitch, which is a really awesome thing and something I definitely want to discuss. But firstly, how did you even get into the idea of Twitch and what ultimately got you on the platform? I actually, to be honest, I didn't really know much about Twitch. I, I knew it for somewhere that Ninja was, I knew of Ninja, I knew of Fortnite, and I didn't think it was a space that I would have any interest in at all. And then a friend of mine from uni, he said, oh, I'm streaming on Twitch, come and have a chat. And I said, what in the world are you doing? So I went and watched, he was playing Witcher at the time, and he said, why don't you give this a go? And I thought, yeah, no, no, that's not for me. Nope. And then the pandemic hit, and I had a bit more time, I wasn't able to go out with hubby. And I was watching my friend playing on Twitch and I thought, I'm going to see if there's someone like me. I'm going to find some older gamer and have a little chill. And they were all very intense streams. Or during that week I was looking, they were all sort of high-end raiders or very intense or very toxic. There was a lot of that. But I couldn't find a chill spot just to have a chat with someone. So I remember the day I turned to my husband and said, I'm going to stream. And he thought I was joking. And I said, no, no, really, I'm going to stream. And so I, I did some research for about two or three weeks, worked out what I needed to do, taught myself stream elements, the obs platform, what Twitch was, what I needed for hardware, what I needed for software, all of that stuff. And I just started one night at 10 o'clock and I streamed from 10 till 2 in the morning and I had visitors, visitors, I had viewers that very first night. And so I kept going and it hasn't stopped. So it's been since last year. And now I saw you've got, you know, 16K followers, which is amazing. Like you said, it's only been about a year. Um, Mm, And something mm, something, mm. something you just touched on then that I sort of would love to hear you expand on. Um, I know sort of in your Twitch bio, and I'm going to sort of quote that here, you've got that you're here to show that you can play your game however you choose. And I really love 
yes. that sentiment. Do you mind sort of expanding on the messaging of that? Well, there's there's a lot of people that, and even today, it's 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 sad that people get criticised for how they play the game. Now, um, I I used to play, you know, end game. I used to be a raider in World of Warcraft, and so I used to dedicate many many hours um, playing sort of that style of game and that gameplay style. And then I became more casual, so I went to university very late in life, and so I didn't have enough time to devote to my gaming. So I became a casual gamer. And often people are criticised for how they play their game by other people, unjustly and unkindly. And so I decided to, when I chose to stream, it was a, a deliberate decision to stream casual gameplay so that I could talk to the community more. I wasn't just concentrating on the game that I was playing. Um, and, and I invited people to feel comfortable however they choose to play their game, whether they're playing it casually, whether they're playing it more intensely. It's their choice and no one should be critical of another person in terms of how they play their games or what they play for that matter. Um, because there's a, lot, there's a lot of criticism. There's a lot of judgment about how people choose to entertain themselves, you know, when they're in their gaming. And I wanted to sort of challenge that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Hmm. And I guess sort of on that note of, of challenging things, you know, here I love to chat about women in games in particular. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, as you sort of mentioned earlier, you know, a platform like Twitch has sort of this perception as being a platform that does sort of breed some toxicity. So I particularly yes. love yes. what you're doing in really creating a safe space for gamers to, mm. you know, play along with you and really just yes. um, create an environment that is safe. And so looking particularly mm. at, you know, women in games, women who play games, mm. um, do you think that having that safe space is particularly important for them? I think it is important. I think it it it, it provides a space not only to, to be safe, talk about gaming, have like interests, et cetera, uh, and then you build a community, which, you know, especially now that's a whole other story during the pandemic to have that social connectivity, um, but have a space for women who can talk about gaming without, you know, some sort of, you know, toxic response or just get good or, or you know, whatever, whatever. Um, having a space for women to feel validated in the gaming space is very, very important. You know, when you consider that half the gamers are, are women in, in not just on Twitch, but, you know, globally, then why, why are they not more safe spaces? Why are they not validated, not just in gaming, but in, in the characters in the game, which is a whole other conversation. How are women represented? Um, and also people who identify as women, you know, I'm going to broaden that a little bit as well. Um, you know, how are, how are developers and um, the industry representing women and also having them in the other side of it, away from, you know, the other side of the monitor in, in game development. So it, there's this, this whole ripple effect of it starts with recognising the validity that women do play games, that they need safe spaces to play their games, they need safe spaces on platforms like Twitch to talk about games and share their, their experience. That's what I think. And something you touched on then was definitely looking at the people playing games. As you said, you know, in today's day and age, it essentially is a 50-50 split in terms of female mm. gamers as opposed to male gamers. Um, yes. But obviously mm. that that hasn't always been the case. And as someone who, as you said, has been playing games for 40 years, I would really love to sort of get your thoughts on, I guess, the the transition and journey you've seen from, say, when you first started playing games, if you felt that... Mm -hmm you know, as a, as a woman, as a young girl playing games, it was something that maybe wasn't as encouraged as much and how now, if you feel that there has been a shift in encouraging women to play games? Look, I think there definitely has been a shift. I, you know, growing up for me, none of my, my friends did at school. 
Um, I was the only one that was into video games. Um, in my extended family, it was mainly the, you know, the male cousins that were into video games. And so, you know, I was the, the, the nerdy, quiet, geeky girl that played. And that was, that was the perception. And I think that was, you know, it wasn't just me. It was anyone who was into video games, you were seen as, well, I'll just say geeky and nerdy and not necessarily cool. But, but now I think, you know, it, it's, it's, it's more accepted, obviously, to have female gamers. And so for me, the change, I witnessed probably more in my children growing up because I still didn't have many peers, even as an adult, many of my friends still didn't really play video games. It was only until I got involved in MMOs like World of Warcraft that I was able to meet like-minded people. And so that had a, a big impact on me as a gamer. So for example, World of Warcraft was the first MMO that I played. And that was the first time I was actually able to connect with other people, other adults as well, that were playing video games. So that was, that was quite a pivotal moment for me, you know, meeting people not just overseas, but people in Australia as well. And then we got to meet them in real life, as it were. And so that really was up then it was more of a solo thing. I didn't really see much of a change. But when I was able to meet other people, that was important. And I really love that you definitely touched on how, you know, the community of gaming can, can be a good thing. Because obviously mm. in, in recent news, we've been seeing a lot of negativity in regards to you know the way gaming companies are sort of treating mm -hmm. their staff particularly female yes. staff members yes. um and one thing that's really struck me i think obviously there's a lot of issues going on at the moment that i don't particularly want to mm -hmm. get straight into yeah. but one thing that i would sort of love to get i guess your reaction to is the the language that's been used when discussing the negative behavior of staff mm -hmm. members towards female staff members, things like this mm -hmm. idea of a frat boy culture existing, yes. mm. this rock star mm -hmm. mentality. I would really love to sort of get your your thoughts on that sort of language in the gaming community. And if you think that the way to really, I guess, create a more safe space for women is to sort of eradicate that kind of mentality. Language is very, I'm glad you brought up language. It's very, very powerful. I remember when I first, and I, you know, I'm I'm trying to be very conscious of fact of, of um, sometimes I'll come into a space like Twitter or TikTok or um, you know gaming generally, and I have to think, okay, is this language uh, something that is said in this space? I go and do a bit of research. I see what it means, um, just to be aware, because you know language changes with with generations as well. So I try and keep up with what's being said. But in terms of language that is derogatory towards women. Um, that's 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 pretty clear when you come across it, and I often have this conversation with other people who are streaming or, or trying to stream. I say, I understand that what you accept in your community is what you will attract, and so when you hear language of streamers or their community, you know something as simple as this. Now, some people may not agree with me, but when you hear a streamer say, "Come on, boys, let's do this," this whole you know, I guarantee you that a lot of the community that are watching those streamers may not necessarily identify themselves as boys they're not part of that you know that 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 club kind of thing but it it's powerful it sends a message and so when a streamer says something that's derogatory to women just as we're asking men socially to to also speak up and say that's not acceptable to say that that's not acceptable to infer that about a woman or to joke about a woman this way you've seen you know on, on tv and, and there were programs to try and stop that masculine toxicity uh, the same goes in streaming and in the gaming space, you know, even, for example, and I've seen dreadful um, instances where women who are playing first person shooters and they have to use, you know, the audio and, and um, 
you know, as soon as they hear a female voice, the, the abuse is dreadful, absolutely dreadful, which is driving women away. In the streaming space, I think there's a responsibility to, to not only challenge that language, but to, to, you know, to be known as someone who will not accept that language, who will not accept that kind of toxicity against women in, in derogatory, even what's seen as lighthearted. I don't, I don't accept that. If, if something is unkind, if something is toxic, if some form of language is derogatory to a woman, that's not lighthearted. It, 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 you know, it continues that, it, it continues the normality, I think, that shouldn't be. Does that make sense there? No, that makes complete I've got sense. Got a bit long-winded. No, and I completely agree with you because I, like you said, I think it's that normalization of, like you said, those little remarks or little quips, or you know, you mm. brought up that idea of the the boys' culture or the boys' club, mm. and I do mm. think that that you know inadvertently does sort of just you know facilitate this idea of the gaming community being a more male-dominated community Mm. and one in particular that really does encourage that toxicity particularly towards women and something Mm. you Mm. you mentioned then um that i'd sort of love for you to expand on is that accountability particularly obviously for yourself as a streamer Mm. um Mm. do you Mm. think that i know for you personally you're very um passionate about making sure that your own community of followers um don't engage in that sort of toxic behavior so Mm. do you Mm. think that Mm. Um, other streamers really need to follow suit in encouraging, I guess, a more positive community. Do you think that accountability does does lie um, on the streamer? Look, I I I probably not use the word positive. I um I believe that um, some streamers say they'll only have positive spaces. I like to say that it's okay not to be okay in my space, for example. So I don't promote a we're a positive space. I promote that we are safe space because uh, there is such thing as toxic positivity. Um, especially with mental health and, and trying to challenge that as well uh, in the streaming space. Um, I think it's good to just say, okay, this is a safe space for you to be. Um, but in terms of responsibilities for streamers now, as I say, I've only been doing this since last year, but I take the responsibility very seriously. And I will often go and sit in other streams, you know, because I want to find other streamers to take my community to and also to find for myself. But I'll sit in there and I'll not make a comment and I'll just listen and watch, but I'll also read the chat. And if I see, you know, someone make a really, you know, there's misogyny in the chat or, or the streamer says something um, and then they pick up on it and there's this momentum, um, it's, that's the streamer's responsibility. Um, streamers usually have mods, you know, they have moderators as well. But even if they don't, I, you know, I really think the buck stops with them. And as I said earlier, what you accept in your community, that, that will get known. You know, we all put our boundaries in. You've got to put your boundaries in to protect yourself as a streamer. But you've also got to protect your community. So if I had someone come into my stream and they made some sort of joke about, I don't know, hot tub streamers that was derogatory to women who, who decided to, that's their streaming content, that's their streaming content. Good luck to them. You know, I will not have people, and it goes beyond the, you know, be kind. The motto of my community is be kind for you. But it's not just, you know, lip service. It's, it's about having respect for people in that space. And if you are showing as a streamer that, that you don't have that respect or you allow disrespect in your chat, that rests with you. That actually rests with you. I believe that's, that's your responsibility. You know, the types of streamers out there, not only are you a woman, but you're also an older woman in the sense that, mm-hmm. you know, when you think of streamers, like I know, you know, like from my own experience, when I typically watch streams, it's usually younger men who are similar mm-hmm. age to me. 
Um, so I would just love to hear sort of what really inspired you to get into streaming, you know, as someone that, you know, isn't typically seen on a streaming service like Twitch and what has mm-hmm. the reception been in terms of, have you ever had people reach out? I, I get comments every, every week. I get comments, most streams. I get a lot of private messages as well. Um, there's a lot of people who they are just relieved to see someone their age. Um, but the, the increasing number of, of people who are in the older demographic of gamers is, is growing. They'll come in and they'll say, to, I want to be gaming when I'm older as well. And then I usually say to them, by the way, have you met my mom? My mom came on to stream a couple of times. Um, my mom is 70, 79, and, and she's a gamer as well. I absolutely love it. You know, and so I guess I'm trying to say to them, challenge your stereotypes. Because some people come in and they say, oh, look, aren't you cute? which is actually quite ageist in itself. A lot of people don't realise subtle ageism in, in language. And so I'm also very careful to, to take the, the compliments, but at the same time educate people on, on ageism. Some people very well-meaning will come in and say, do you need me to show you how to set that up? And I say, no, I'm good, I've got it, thanks, I'm good. Or they'll come in and say, it's so nice that you found gaming. And I think, I found it a long time ago, but that's, you know, it, it's, just, it's just this, I think that's their response to seeing someone older. But on the whole, it's, it's not just... I represent a lot of the gamers that are out there because gamers have been around for such a long time. Of course, gamers are getting older. But I also represent for some people, and a lot of people don't think about this, they will come into our community and say, thank you for being here because you represent an older person that I don't have in my life. And especially during this sort of touches on the pandemic as well, and also providing a community that is diverse and safe. Um, we have a lot of people in our community who've been rejected by older folks in their own lives for various reasons. And so I love the fact that they can, A, come and chat about Final Fantasy or whatever we're playing, and also be around people who will support them. And I think that's a good thing. That's often a side of streaming that you don't think about. It's the community is now, it's now growing, not without me, but it's, you know, it has become this, this, this thing aside with me, I guess. It, it sits parallel beside me. I'm, you know, I'm sitting there playing video games and chatting. But it's the community, they all know each other and they welcome each other when they come in. And it's, it's quite lovely to watch. I'm just sitting in amongst the room with them. I tell them that every morning. I'm just sitting there with a couple of tea, a cup of tea and a couple of biscuits and three, three or four of them. <laughs> and thanks so much for sharing that. Because, yeah, as I said, obviously the, the typical sort of gamer that we think of is we think of a young male. So obviously to get your thoughts yes. as a woman is lovely, but then to get your thoughts as sort of just an older person playing video games and streaming is mm. a fantastic thing mm. as well. Mm. One thing, lastly, of course, we are discussing video games. So I would sort of love to hear about, I guess, over the course of the the games that you've played throughout your life, have you noticed that there's been a more positive shift in, in terms of having more games have female heroines? Have you noticed that now in games, we see more female characters popping up, more playable female characters, which is something I know personally mm-hmm. has been a great thing for me growing up. Now it's lovely to yeah. see that I can pick up a game and odds are there'll be a female I can play as and it's not always just the male character that I have to pick. Have you noticed that as mm-hmm. you've sort of mm-hmm. grown up with games that they have sort of adapted to the rise in female gamers as well? I think so. I think um, I think the industry are taking notice. I think they needed to take notice. And so, you know, when you look at E3 that was on recently and some of the new releases that are coming, you know, there are there are more female protagonists. And I think that that is fabulous. And I I had a conversation recently about seeing more older representation in gaming as well. And 
conversation steered toward the fact that many, if I can talk about, you know, um, representation of women in games, but representation of diverse women in games and the diversity often people forget about age. And when you think about diversity, you think of other things, but not often age. And we were talking about why is it that the, the older wise, you know, insert NPC here, wizard character, you know, gives all the information and their, and their wisdom to the younger heroine or younger hero, and then off they go. And, and the, uh, the, older, the older characters left back in their, you know, their little cottage, you know, and, and how nice it would be to see a range of ages, you know, across gaming. That's something that I would see, like to see as well. But it's, it's definitely better and it needed to be. It needed to be. It needs to keep up. The minute you said that about the old wise character walking out of the cottage, I was just automatically thinking of like every second game that I've ever played. That is absolutely <laughs> true. And like you said, not something people typically think about. So it's fantastic for you to you to bring that up. Um, just before we wrap up, I would just love to hear what's next for you. You know, like you said, you're you're new to Twitch. You know, what would you like to see happen in terms of building your own mini empire that you've got going? Have you got any ambitions to move on to other platforms? What's sort of the goal for you moving forward this year? Uh, look, I'll probably, I'll probably stay on Twitch. I'm also, you know, keeping an eye on conversations about other platforms, but Twitch, um, I, it's taken me a little bit to, to build this in the last year. So I probably will stay on there. I'm very much an advocate for representation of diversity and age across brands. And so I'm having conversations and, putting that out there to brands, you know, because often we talk about your stereotypical, you know, the male gamer on Twitch. But in terms of branding, how often do you see someone that's diverse on a brand? And so I'm starting to challenge that a little bit. Um, I was recently gifted some, some things from Razor, actually, which is like my, my chair. And I immediately put it on Twitter and I said, thank you for seeing people who are not the normal stereotypical gamer. I appreciate you and appreciate that you saw me for that. And so I think that's something that, that is going to change. And so that's something that I'm pushing for as well. Plus mental health. I have to mention that. I'm an advocate for mental health in the gaming space specifically. And I think that's also something else, especially in the current you know, pandemic, is really important to keep you know, challenging. So, yeah, they're the, they're the two things I plan to work on. Awesome. Lovely. Well, thank you so much for, for meeting with me and chatting with me today. All things games, all things women in games. Mm -hmm. For anyone listening in, obviously they can check you out on Twitch, but if they want to keep up to date with all of your content, any socials that they can keep in touch with you on? I'm on all socials. My most active place, though, is Twitter. That's where I spend most of my time when I'm not on Twitch. And if you just search Haughty Chicken, you will find me. <laughs> Lovely. Well, thank you for chatting with me, Haughty Chicken.